Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart! On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Well, it is Sunday morning. I'm not sure if it's a happy Sunday morning in Rip City, but it is. I'm cool. It is Sunday morning. I was pissed last night, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. Good today. I, I was quite frustrated for. I've gotten better about this. I was frustrated for probably about 40 minutes, and then I got over it. I used to be angry sports guy for like a day just like brooding on the loss like oh my god I can't believe they lost and then like last night I was really pissed at the end of the game and then I just took a shower cooled off <laughs> and I was fine it was fine no yeah I, I actually went to the game last night so very nice. uh, a little bit harder to to get over for a little bit man it was, how was the atmosphere there the atmosphere is, was amazing. It was super, super dope. Like, everyone got these. Well, somebody stole mine out of my seat before I got there. Awesome. But everyone got these little wristbands. I'm sure if you've seen it, seen the, uh, if you're at home watching the game, you might have saw the crowd uh, kind of blinking or something like that. Yeah. So everyone had these, like, cool little almost Fitbit-type wristbands. I don't think they actually do anything but light up. But uh, They're there for the pregame. No, yeah. But they were pretty badass. Though. They were all kind of programmed to, you know, do stuff at the same time. And it was it was, it was was awesome. Did it you was, get one of those shirts? The shirts look pretty cool. I did get one of the shirts. And I had a couple IPAs and may or may not have forgotten my shirt in my seat. Hammer shot. So, so you got a free that's shirt that was shirt. cool and you forgot it. And yeah, it was, and it was a cool shirt. And it didn't say, like, honey bucket or anything like that on it. No, it was it just the sleeve, right? I saw, like, two little sponsors on the sleeve. Yeah, but it wasn't anything. I think it said play. Playoffs on the sleeves or something like that. I can't remember what it said. Maybe but, Moda. Yeah, but it wasn't. Any, it was something that you could actually wear and be okay with. Like if you wore that to the to the game next year, you'd be like, okay, go Blazers. Maybe but, you lucked out by not getting one of the wristbands because maybe they're meant to track everybody afterwards. Oh yeah, Streets is watching. They're definitely yeah, little, they're, little tracking devices. Everyone brought them home, and now the Blazers know exactly where all their fans live. Oh man, it w- it wouldn't shock me. You know, we know who the Blazers owner is. So, it, well, yeah, nothing shocks me in this, yeah, this it, world it of It definitely wouldn't shock me. No, but the atmosphere was awesome. I think the Blazer fans were really, really ready for a win, uh, believing that there was going to be a win. I was one of those people that thought that there's no way the Blazers come in there and drop game, game one. one. Yeah. So, I mean, hey. Well, they did. And uh, it was part of a really, really bad day of sports for me. And I... I get to this point every year multiple times where I just go, I hate sports. I just, it makes me angry sometimes. And I love sports, of course. 
when, well, yeah. when it's good. But yesterday was one of those days where I I looked at my CBS Sports app, which, by the way, if you don't use, is the premier score app on your phone. Um, and I saw that there were not one, not two, not three, not four, but five of my teams playing yesterday mm-hmm. in important or semi-important games or, you know, baseball. And I was super pumped. I'm like, wow, tomorrow is going to be an amazing day. My soccer team, Southampton, was playing in the morning. I wasn't waking up for it, but they were playing. They're in really big trouble in the Premier League. They needed to win. The Devils were playing in the playoffs. They were down 1-0 to the Lightning already. They needed to win game two. The Blazers, of course, were playing game one of the playoffs. The Yankees had a game, and the Timbers were playing yesterday in their home opener. And I was like, awesome. This is going to be a great sports day. I wake up to the news that my soccer team blew a 2-0 lead with 10 minutes to go and lost 3-2. And I'm like, well, okay, they kind of suck, but that's that's kind of a lame way. The Yankees get freaking postponed. So there goes my next game of viewing. So then I got to watch my Devils. And they're tied 1-1 against the Lightning. They're playing well. And they have the worst second period of all time. And they go down, I think it was 5-1 to one mm. in the second period. And I was like, come on. And they lost 5-3. to three. And then the Blazers played. And played what was one of the worst games I could have expected them to play in game one of the playoffs. At least the Timbers won. But I wasn't watching that because the Blazers were on. So my sports day that I was super pumped and jazzed for yesterday led to me being... Super, super disappointed at the end of it. No, it was. And I just had one of those I hate sports moments it's, where it's just brutal. It's hard to kick it after a loss. Like, I really want to go to the bar and to, you know, maybe maybe a script club where the scrippers be at. But I got after the game, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like time to celebrate. Yeah, your so, energy was gone. Yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, well, I guess we'll. Just go back to the house or do something. So it was. It, it's one of those things. Like this is it. But before the game, it was rocking outside. Uh, once you got into the arena, like it was, it was full of energy and everything. So maybe they'll rebound for game two. I know the fans will definitely be ready for a win for that one. But it, it, it was disappointing. It was definitely disappointing. Well, we we got a whole bunch to talk about with that game, as uh, we are the first show on the fan that gets to react yes, to that are. game. Uh, this morning, and I'm really excited to do so. It's actually we're thinking we were talking about it before. This show's been on for four years now. Four, four years, five, five yeah. years, four. I oh, mean, time flies. Uh, four years, and in those four years, I can't remember a Saturday Blazer playoff game that we got to react to because the opening weekend of the NBA playoffs is always a really fun show because mm-hmm. you have all the series to talk about. But generally, it's been a Sunday game for the Blazers, and we just kind of have to do a pre thing where that's what you've been doing all week, so it's not as fun, and you've, you kind of already know what the matchups are. But for the first time today, we get to basically do a post. We get to react to what was a game that had a million things to talk about in it. Absolutely. And I don't want to start too soon because I know we have to break shortly, and I want to make sure we save all of the talk for a full segment coming up the next couple of segments. But it's one of those where... Yeah, let's react to the game. Let's dig in to every single thing that went wrong, and there was a lot of them, and the things that went right, there were some of them. And that's kind of what my plan is going to be today, and I want you guys out there listening to, to be interactive in the show. Text the fan, text under 55305, or you can tweet at us if you'd like, at 1080thefan, at Mike Lynch 27 and at TaylorMade503 as Rashad, and Jesse, our producer, who is behind the glasses, at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. Um, 
let us know what you thought about the game. Let us know what you saw weakness-wise, what you saw strength-wise, how you're feeling going into game two and the rest of the series. Do you think losing home court in game one is devastating? Or do you think the Blazers can beat the Pelicans in New Orleans in game three or four to take home court back? Because we talked about how important home court was going into this series. They get it, and they instantly lose it in game one. All of those thoughts, text them into the fan text line at 55305 or tweet them at us. Uh, so kind of my plan for the sh- for the show on my end is I want to kind of go positive-negative because there's positive sides to the loss, and there's a lot of negatives to the loss. And I want to kind of hit both of them because both are true. They're just kind of more of a glass-half-full, glass-half-empty way to look at the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be coming up. We also will have a little bit of NFL. Uh, Rashad, passionate about the Des Bryant cut. Way more passionate than I expected him to be. And uh, I disagree with him pretty much wholeheartedly. So uh, that's cool. That's Wouldn't fine. be the first time, Lynch. No, it's well, maybe like the fifth time. <laughs> maybe we don't disagree that wholeheartedly that much, but um, not nearly enough. Rashad is. Uh, it's certain that Des Bryant is getting the short end of the stick here, and I, on the other hand, think Des Bryant is no longer a top twenty receiver, and getting cut is basically par for the course for a guy at his age who hasn't produced in a couple of years. So that'll be coming up on the show. Of course, we've got Hater to Love It coming up in hour two, where Jesse will ask us questions and we will debate uh, and get points, and the winner gets to host the last segment, which is always way too short. And that's probably going to be all the time we have, because I do want to spend plenty of time on the Blazers. Oh, and we'll get to the rest of the playoffs as well, the series that are happening today, the games that we saw yesterday briefly. Not not too deep divey yet on those, but we'll be getting to the, there as well. So again, the text line is 55305. Twitter at 1080 the fan at Mike Lynch27 at TaylorMade503 and at Jesse Osmond. But coming up next, let's dive in. The Blazers lose 97 to 95 to the Pelicans in game one of the Western Conference first round at home. And it was uh it was mm. interesting. Mm. It was interesting. Yeah. Let's break it down next, and as long as we can go. This is Sports Sunday on 1080 the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, let's get going. Text lines open, 55305. Already got texts coming in. We'll get to those throughout the next couple of segments. Don't worry about that. Keep your opinions coming on the game. Please, man, let, let, let us know how mad you were. Tell, tell us why you're mad, son, for real. Are you mad? Are you encouraged by the comeback? Are you worried about the series? How are you feeling? I also made a Facebook post, by the way, facebook.com slash 1080 the fans. So you could also comment there if you'd like. But um, text us, 55305. So, 97-95, the final score. The Pelicans beat the Trailblazers in the first game of the first-round series. Anthony Davis was as good as advertised, as we expected. 35 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, he had four blocks and really just played a dominant game. But the story of the game, to me, well... There's a lot. But the main story of the game to me was kind of a positive one, if I'm going to be fair. Okay. It's the fact that in a game that regardless of the final stats, that Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum might have been their worst game together on the floor through three quarters. The fact that the Blazers had four possessions with under a minute, three and a half possessions with under a minute, that could have given them the win in the game despite CJ and Damian Lillard playing some of the worst game together of their career, give credit to the Pelicans for that, by the way, and we'll mm-hmm. get to that. The Blazers still should have won the game. They should have won the game. 
And here, here's, here's the way I look at it. They're down 93 to 92 with under a minute left. They make this great comeback in the fourth quarter. Pelicans are tired from defending hard all night. They're, they're, they come back. They're down by one. They steal the ball in the ensuing possession and have a fast break. Three on two. CJ with Nurkic, and I forget who else it was. It might have been Dame. CJ goes up in the air to pass to Nurk, realizes he's covered, gets frozen, and then loses the ball. That was a easy, potentially easy layup or shot attempt, at least, that could have given the Blazers the lead with like 50 seconds to go. Next possession. Pelicans don't score. Or they get one free throw. Pelic- or Blazers are down two. And Damian Lillard gets the shot he wants. A really close inside little bunny jumper. But instead of just taking the shot and going up strong confidently, he tries to draw the contact, which makes him go sideways a little bit and alters the shot, and he winds up airballing it because he's expecting contact instead of just going up strong for it and and either getting fouled or hitting the shot. Okay, Lillard has done that before. It's it's gotten him a lot of foul calls in the past, so I'm not too mad about it, but not exactly the premier shot you want in that situation. They miss it. They have to foul Anthony Davis, and at that point they're down. I want to say they're down three at that point. Yeah, they're down three at that point. The Pelicans missed a shot before the Damian shot. Davis hits both free throws. They go back. They put all their three-point shooters on the floor. People were really, really pissed. They put Myers and Pat Conton on the floor. And to me, I actually thought that was smart strategy because it would force the Pelicans to cover everybody because the Blazers needed a three to tie it, and you can't have a guy like Evan Turner or Al Farouk Aminu out there who won't get covered on the three you want everyone out there to be able to hit a three if they catch the ball beyond the arc so that you can get more space for Damon CJ so it's not just what it has been the entire game of double teams and hard hedges. But instead of going for a three, they do a back cut to Myers Leonard, who, to Myers Leonard. who we know doesn't have the handles of a god, and he gets tapped out of bounds. Okay. And then on the next possession, they give it to Pat Connaughton on a back cut, and he goes up for a layup. And gets blocked by Drew Holiday. And then they have to foul the Pelicans. Pelicans go up five. CJ hits a three at the, at the buzzer, and that's why it's 97-95 game. You had four chances, four chances in the last minute to win or tie the game and shift the momentum completely back in your favor because you were down 19 and you were about to get the lead back. And you did a bad CJ turnover a bad Damian Lillard shot, a Myers-Leonard back cut, and a Pat Connaughton back cut for a layup when you're down three. What? So with all of that being said, when Damon and CJ had the worst possible game they could have had, you still should have won the game with four opportunities in the fourth quarter. That's where my positive spin is coming. Now, that last minute was horrific. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's a positive. The positive is that you should have won that game with the with how bad Damon CJ played, that's that's kind of my take, my positive look on it. Um, there's plenty of negatives too, and we'll get to that. Don't worry, we got lots of time. But that's kind of that's kind of the way I'm looking at it, at least in a positive light, to keep me sane. Is you should have won the game, you should have won the game. Uh, I mean, it's hard to to disagree with the fact that they they let one go. They they had an opportunity, especially in the first uh, the first couple quarters, but. I think the Pelicans really showed how good of a team they were. I mean, everyone was, you know, kind of saying, I think New Orleans is the the, the matchup that we want. But the I thing is, where 
the Blazers, the Blazers don't match up at certain. You don't match up with Anthony Davis. There's there's no way you can match up with him. Drew Holiday looks like he's just kind of outplaying CJ. CJ's gonna have a problem because number one, he's not a great defender in the first place. He's much better than he was. You know, as as the entire team is better defensively than they used to be. But he, Drew Holiday's six five, and he's just driving right past him every single time. Like, there's nothing that they're going to be able to do about Rondo. Like, he only had six points last night, but it was able to dish out 17 assists. He was a monster. He was he was everywhere defensively. Like, they've got a bunch of guards on their team. Didn't that, he not commit a turnover either? Or no. he, maybe he had but maybe, one yeah, at the Let's end. see. I don't, I don't know. I, don't well, wanna, I remember I don't at the end, he stole the ball and then dribbled it out of bounds, um, which was very lucky. Remember, Nurkic got the rebound, and he swatted it out of his hand. That might, have, that might count as a turnover. Rondo, 17 assists, two turnovers. Two turnovers. Yeah. So... He that's just, was, that's playoff Rondo for you. Then th- that's that's just kind of what he does. But they have a bunch of guys that defense is what they do. Drew Holiday is a really good defensive. Yeah, but defense defender. isn't what they do. No, I mean they're no, not a good defensive team. No, as a team, no. But they have individual defenders that are man very good. Rondo is a very good individual defender, and we know that. Ian Clark is a very good individual defender. Did you well. know Ian Clark was in the Pelicans? I knew he got traded. The I blazer know killer. Remember him for the Warriors? Yeah, I knew he got traded. He's I the didn't blazer know. killer. Yeah, absolutely. He and came he hit, in and, gave and he the... had plenty of shots yesterday to continue being a blazer killer. Yeah, so uh, he Ian Clark had three. 10 points, four for five yesterday. He hit the three when the Blazers got within one the first time with like a minute 20 left and was able to kind of re-ice it temporarily at that point. Yeah. Because he's Ian Clark and he's the blazer killer. So uh, Drew Holiday is still a very good defensive point guard and a long defensive point guard, and he's going to give a lot of those guys some trouble. That's what they did all night. Is they threw different looks at Dame and CJ and made it difficult for them. And if the Blazers lost this game, it was because of their stars. Make no mistake about it. You said down the stretch, two bad plays by your best players. That shot by Dame at the end, everybody that I was sitting next to was like, man, what the hell was that? Because you number one, you had another ten seconds on the clock. You could have you could have used, so you forced the bad shot that you didn't need to force. You could have worked the ball around or did something. I would have been You're okay. Talking about the Connaughton play? No, I'm talking about the uh, the very last play for Damian uh, for Dame when he uh, comes uh, down. Uh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. leaning in shot that you. T- I don't know if he was trying to draw a foul. He was trying to draw a foul. Either way, it was it was hero basketball that he shouldn't have played. Like that was a time right there where you had an additional ten seconds on the clock. To make a play like that and was you're only a shot down you one. Did, if, you're you down, get a, if you get a two, you win the game. No, I think they were down two at that point. No, they were down one because uh, look, it was it was ninety three ninety two on the CJ turnover. It was ninety three ninety two on the uh, on the Damian miss. Then they fouled Anthony Davis. It was ninety five ninety two on the Myers and Pat Connaughton possession, mm-hmm. and they fouled Anthony Davis, and it was 97-92, and then CJ hit the three to make it 97-95. Yeah. So it was only a one-point game when Dame went up for that shot. And so Either way, incredibly unnecessary at that point. Anything, you could have had any shot at that point, now, it, it would have been it, better. It was a good look. It's not a good look. Well, no, it was if he didn't do the foul attempt. He was, he was wide open at the foul line going up for the shot, but he went at a weird angle. And because of that, he... he Shot it short. It was weird. From from my vantage point, it was not a good shot. It was was a was a really it, it was a, it was a terrible shot at a terrible time when your team needed their best player to make a good play, and I think that's the thing that's that's going to be important for the Blazers moving forward. Is like their number one, their best players coming to uh, coming to play every night, but number two, man, making the right play at the right time. You know, it's, it, you can't be selfish right now. And I just think that was a, that was a bad play. It was a selfish play by Dame at the end of that game. So do you view my argument there as a positive though, that you have really, yeah. really bad games from Dame and CJ. 
Your third, your other options, well, I'll get to it later. But you have really, really bad games from Damon CJ, and you still had four chances to win the game. That's a positive, right? That's kind of the way I'm taking taking from this game is you lost by two points, or if you want to discount the last three because it was last second, you lost by five points when you were down by 19 and looked listless in the third quarter. And Damon CJ couldn't hit the broadside of a barn until the fourth quarter. And you lost by, and you, and you barely, you almost won. You should have won the game if not for a turnover. That, to me, is a positive. The other, I, I have one more positive, one and a half more positives. The other one is the defense was largely effective. There was a stretch where it wasn't, and we'll get to that, but generally holding the Pelicans to 97 points, that's a win. The Pelicans are a good, good offensive team. They score 100-plus points every game, and you hold them to 97 points. And as effective as Anthony Davis was, and he was, you didn't give him – too many easy looks. He had a couple of like easy lobs and back cuts and layups and stuff. And look, this is Anthony Davis. The way we, we said about it during the week was he's going to get his points. There's not much you can do to stop him. No. You can try. You can make it difficult. You can basically basically the, the, the way to beat Anthony Davis or the beat, to beat the Pelicans is make it as difficult as you can on Anthony Davis. And yesterday he took a lot of long jumpers. Uh, and he hit a lot of them. But to me, that's them making it more difficult on him. They forced him in a post-up or one-on-one situation to take a jumper, which he's good at, of course. But his game is so much better when he's inside right under the basket and he can lay up and dunk and do all that kind of stuff and get rebounds and blocks and all that. So I guess they they kind of executed that game plan fairly well. Um, so he got, his, he got his. But outside of that, their defense played really well. Like Drew Holiday got 21 points, but you know he missed 10 shots. He missed almost all of his threes. Uh, the the Blazers bench played well against the the Pelicans bench defensively. They didn't hit a lot of shots. Uh, only Ian Clark, the Blazer killer, who I guess will just kill the Blazers until eternity ends, uh, hit shots off the bench. So the defense was largely good, and that's another positive. Is that was a strength of the team. That is what kept this team in a lot of games when they were struggling offensively because that's the thing that's been biting the Blazers this year is they've been struggling offensively. And that's kind of what happened. It was the it was ex- almost exactly the same story yesterday. They couldn't hit a shot offensively. Their defense played well enough to keep them in the game, and then they got hot for a bit, and they scored, and they got close in the end of the game. So that's the other positive is the defense played well for the most part. Yeah, I mean, the, the defense was – the defense was much better, especially towards the end of the game. Uh, you got to give a lot of credit to the second unit, though. That was really when the Blazers started to come back. It was because their second unit started to really kind of make some plays, you know, out there. Uh, you, you saw how good Zach Collins is becoming, and how much more of a confident shooter he's because he had a couple really big shots. He had one turnaround. I was like, okay, Zach Collins, don't want you to shoot that, but glad it went in, you know, type thing. So I think they played just well enough to not get blown out yesterday. That's what I'll say. They played well enough not to get blown out. That game could have went the other way. Um, there's well, some that's guys, the whole point of having a good defense. You know, if you're struggling, keep yourself in the game by playing good defense. And, and the great thing about the, the playoffs, and Jesse and I were just talking about this, is it's this is a chess match. You know, this is just game one. You know, someone's move, made a move. Now Terry Stoff and the Blazers have to counter that move and come back and make some adjustments. I say you let Anthony Davis beat you. And you shut down everybody else. Like that's, I mean, that that's really the only thing that you can do. I mean, just try to. There's to be not, honest, that's kind of what they did. I mean, and we got a break. That's kind of what they did. They didn't do well enough. They, they let try Anthony again. Davis beat them, 
And they said, everybody else, you guys do it. And sadly, there was one player who did it. And they didn't adjust until the fourth quarter. Can't let, that was, that, can't let Drew Holiday do that. Nope, wasn't Drew Holiday. I'm not talking about Drew Holiday. They didn't adjust until the fourth quarter. And when they did adjust, it made a world of difference. And we'll talk about that next. Plus your text at the fan text on the 55305. We see him. Don't worry. We'll read them next. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan, but first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.34 in your Sunday morning, Sports Sunday. Mike Rashad with you, Jesse, as well, until 11 a.m. We are deep diving the Blazers' loss to the Pelicans last night. Keep texting at 55305. We're going get to get to them in a second. We were just last second spent some time talking about the positive angle to the game, which is the way I'm looking at it more than the negative way. And there's plenty of negatives. But the positive way is Damian and CJ played terrible, and they still should have won the game in the last minute. It's a positive. And they played solid enough defense to keep them in the game to have a chance to win it, even though they were down 19 in the third quarter. But the the negative that I had was the defense was, like I said, largely effective. But there was a stretch in the second and third quarter where it was horrific. And that's what I want to focus on here as the negative. And the one player I want to focus on is Nikola Meritich, not Drew Holiday. The Blazers essentially let Nikola Meritich beat them yesterday because he was 16 points, 4 of 10 from 3, including a stretch that, in, that was four threes in like a minute, it felt like, and was a beast on the boards with blocks and steals and rebounds and all, all of everything that you, you could want from your third option, essentially. Remember, they got him from the Bulls at the trade deadline this year. And uh, Blazers, I don't think they saw him in the last game that they played I think he was out or at least was hampered from an injury. But the Blazers decided to not guard Nikola Meritich until the fourth quarter. Now, if you've noticed in the game, in the fourth quarter, when they decided to step out on Nikola Meritich, he missed every shot. But in the second and third quarter, they kind of gave him ah, two body lengths of space and just kind of the, the fake closeout where they put their hand up and run a little bit towards him. And he sunk everything. He was unstoppable during that stretch. And that was the game plan of let Anthony Davis beat you and no one else can, but they didn't do that in the second and third quarters. In the second and third quarters, they got a little bit lax and they started letting other guys beat them. Drew Holiday had a really good second and third quarter. Uh, Ian Clark, we mentioned already, Meritich. You know, those guys were huge in building that lead because the Blazers started the game well. The Blazers were up eight to two early. They were hitting their shots early. And then they kind of went cold, but they were playing solid defense. It was 21-18 at the end of the first quarter, Pelicans, and you're in the game. It's close. And then all of a sudden, it's a 19-point deficit because you've decided to stop guarding the other options. The fourth quarter comes by. The energy comes back because they're down big. They start guarding everybody, and only Anthony Davis is beating you. <laughs> and that's why he came back. So that, to me, was the big negative is for whatever reason – they were they got lax in the second and third quarters defensively and let the Pelicans build a giant lead on them. They couldn't hit a shot, and if they could at least play better defense or more consistent defense, it wouldn't have been a 19-point deficit. I mean, I know the Blazers have played better defense, but I, I think it's time we stop kind of referring to them as this defensive, like, 
juggernaut. I don't want to call them a juggernaut, but no, like this they're defensive, a top 10 defensive team. Uh, the, okay, they are. I mean, but last night you saw season. guys driving. We got somebody texting here that said, "Man, they were getting blown by in like almost every possession at a point. Like there was no time during the game where it was like, okay, let's watch the Blazers make a run, except for that fourth quarter run where they kind of came back, but." Outside of that, it was every single time they got a bucket, they just basically moved and someone just drove to the basket so effortlessly, two points. I mean, I can't tell you how many times Drew Holiday, mind you, and Drew Holiday is one of those guys who's damn near a borderline all-star. You know, he puts up these type of numbers every single year, which he's is why the, when I said he went there last year. He's there, Damian Lillard. He's the underappreciated You know, he, and he just <laughs> kind of goes in there and does what he does. But when you have two stars in your team like Boogie and the Brow, you're going to get overlooked a little bit. But here's a dude who's averaging 19 points and six assists and, you know, five rebounds a game. Like, Drew Holiday can play. And he, he was showed last night that he could just do whatever he wanted. So that defense that we keep talking about as far as the Blazers being shut down, I saw some great defense from Aminu at points last night, especially towards the beginning of the game. You saw some great defense, even though he, you said he doesn't fit with the starters, and I kind of agree with that, Nevin Turner. You saw some great defense from him. But outside of those two guys, like I don't know if you really have the resources to say, okay, let's just stop everybody and let Anthony Davis do his thing. Well, you know? here's the thing. I think you do because – the only consistent threat is Anthony Davis. Drew Holiday is very good. I agree. But throughout, I mean, it's the regular season and playoffs is different. But watching the regular season, I don't ever remember watching the Pelicans Blazer game and going, whoa, Drew Holiday is just destroying them right now. He's, he's very good, but he's not the end-all be-all. And to me, that means that you should still go by that same plan of do your best to stop him and let Anthony Davis beat you because you know he's going to hit his shots like he did yesterday. It- it, re- it so this kind of makes me think of that uh, uh, game about three weeks ago with the Portland and Houston, um, and Amino just kept hitting the threes in the first half, and it was like his best game shooting from threes like in his career or whatever. Outside but, of that one in the playoffs uh, when he, he scored 30 points against yeah. the Clippers. <laughs> um, but Houston just kept kind of letting him take the three, and basically they said, we're not going to let – Dame beat us. They Dame did not have a great game that night, and that's because Houston was committed to stopping Dame. Now, Dame did still have Dame numbers. I think if you went back, he was probably close to 30, if not in the 30s. But he, he had a really – line a lot, yeah. He had to work for it so hard. And and with a guy like Anthony Davis, you're, you're not going to stop him, mm-hmm. but you sure as heck can throw out some speed bumps and really make his life really difficult and – to be fair, really, I really think they did. Yeah. It, as best as they could, they tried to throw speed bumps at him, and he's just that well, good. Well, yeah. if, that, if that was their best effort of throwing speed bumps at him, the Blazers are in trouble. Well, he only scored 35. He didn't go for 40 he only, plus. Oh, he only had 35 <laughs> and 14. Hey, if, like, if, if, if this was last year's Blazer defense, he would have gone for 50. So, I mean, let, let, look, I, I understand that there's a lot of negative emotions around yesterday's game, and I feel them too. Don't worry. But I'm trying to also throw some positive light on some of the stuff they did. Well, it wasn't it wasn't like everything they tried was just ineffective. There were some things they did that worked. Anthony Davis did not have the same impact in the fourth quarter as he did the earlier in the game. They did a good job of getting him tired, making him work for his shots. And he put up some pretty iffy shots in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. where he was defended well and he missed them. You know, that's... That's what you can hope for if you're the Blazers because he is a mismatch for you. You don't have a defender who can defend him consistently without getting into foul trouble. Nurkish would get into a lot of foul trouble if you went mono-a-mono every time. Mm-hmm. 
Al Farouk Aminu was probably the best defender in terms of being able to do it, but he's not anywhere near the size or strength of Davis and would get bullied in that area as well. So with the situation you have, I still think you did the best job, maybe not the best, but you did a very good job on Anthony Davis in the game. Again, to me, it was that second and third quarter defense against especially Meritich uh, that lost you the game because you just let him shoot. And he's way too good of a shooter just to let him shoot. You got to be way more aggressive than that. Well, and, and then here's another thing. Like, I mean, it just everybody was off last night. When you look at it, uh, I, I was just looking at the stats right now. You had you had five players this season. Uh, well, actually, more than that. Um, I mean, you had uh, Shabazz, Aminu, Nurk, McCollum, and Lillard all averaged um, field goal percentages over 50% this year. And you only had one person shoot over 50% last night and that was at davis and so when you have none god he's important to this team isn't he <laughs> uh, he's, I, I think he's the he only is. one that showed up with heart last is, night he's I the mean, only one that showed up with heart last well, night shout out to ed davis and, and the work that he did on the, on the glass and his first big shot go up for a dunk on like four people that were all over him man yep. go ahead ed davis but there's no nothing more important than having that bench like that's i you can have all the stars in the world you need somebody to 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 back up those stars when the stars aren't having their night. And, and the Blazers bench kind of did that. I mean, I mean, they outscored they the Pelicans bench. They played better than the Pelicans bench. I think, and that's where we should be because I think we have uh, like top to bottom. The the Portland Blazers have a, I believe, a better roster than the Pelicans. Um, the thing is, is last night your All Star in the Pelicans showed up, and Dame had you know and. That you're going to have these nights too. You you just don't always have a 50 plus percent shooting percentage every night. But Dame had a really bad bad night statistically last night. Oh yeah, he and CJ both. CJ was over five in the first quarter. Couldn't he didn't even come close hitting a shot in the first quarter. And I want to get to that too. The defensive strategy of the Pelicans on on the guards was brilliant, but it also could lead to problems for them as the series goes on. I think. Um, I want to get to that next, but I do want to read some text before we break because I promised I would. Um, Blazers don't know how to play as the favorite, in my opinion. They take on Dame's persona as an alpha underdog. The Pelicans are very beatable. I expect the Blazers to bounce back, and they had a chance to win at the end, which is positive after a bad shooting. That's from RP1J Money. Uh, that's a good point. The Blazers do play very well with the chip on their shoulder. They were down 19. When did they play the best? When they were down 19. <laughs> they had the lead early. Did they play well? No. During the regular season, how many leads did they blow in the fourth quarter? All of them. <laughs> I'm kidding, but a lot of them. They do not play as well with the lead as they do when they're down. Um, and I guess that is, that's not necessarily a good thing. It's not the way you want to play against the best teams in basketball. But if you are down 0-1 in the series, maybe that is a good thing that it kind of says, oh, crap. This is going to be a lot harder than we thought. Let's amp it up an extra level. And maybe that shows up in the mid, mid-quarter mid def- defense. Maybe that shows up in a lot more motion offense and a little bit less isolation play, although I know the Blazers often struggle with going ISO too much. Um, so maybe that does show up, and that's a, that's a positive. I do agree. I think the Pelicans are beatable. I still think the Pelicans are the best matchup for the Blazers in the first round, and I still think that yesterday's game sort of kind of proves that by saying you played awful offensively, Anthony Davis scored 35 points, and he still should have won the game. That, to me, is like, is proof right there that the Blazers should still want to be playing the Pelicans. It just didn't work out last night. Um, Blazers can still win the series if we're getting skies falling text. I don't go that negative yet. Always felt the 6-7 game series. Very true. I think the skies falling thing is you wanted home court so bad and you lost. It's overreaction. You know, you got to overreact that first day, you know. So. Yeah. 
It's that's why that's the cool part about the playoffs. You know, you I think it would have been a very different feel if they won yesterday and lost home court on Tuesday. Like, oh, it's tied one one. Oh, we'll get one in New Orleans. It's fine. It's very different because if they win game two, it's the exact same situation as that. It just feels worse because you lost game one at home when you should be winning at home in game one. It should be noted in three games against the Blazers, uh, Drew Holiday has averaged 21 points uh, in the three games against the Pelicans. Uh, CJ McCollum averaged 15. CJ needs to be more of a of a presence against these Pelicans because for whatever reason he hasn't played well against this team at all. So CJ McCollum, he promised he would shoot better. Again, you've two. been called out, homie, because at this point last night, uh, that little three points you hit at the end means nothing. You had five points at the half. For you to be the 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 other guy on the team, I don't want to call him a sidekick because I don't think that's fair, but for you to be the other scoring option on the team, that the Blazers are going to need much more from you. This uh, text says, looks like Rashad and I were right about this team not being ready for the playoffs. Great win streaks, suspect, or suspect other 70 games. Just saying. Go as far as two stars will take them. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think that's a little bit too harsh, but yeah, they went on a 13-game win streak and they played 500 ball the rest of the year. The Pelicans are not a six seed, fam. The Pelicans are the sixth seed because they lost the arguably best or second best big man in basketball. Other than that, they they should be a top four seed. Like that, they they're not a six seed. Don't let that fool you. Uh, Lillard should get more calls in game two. He's third in the league in free throws made only, or free throws made, but only had two last night. That'll probably change. I did think that was weird for a guy who's to the line all the time. The fact that he made made it to the free throw line twice was. Shocking to me. I don't know if that was the refs making a concerted effort not to fall for the fake foul lunge that he does, or if he really just, I mean, part of it, I think, too, was the Pelicans defense kept him so out of the game that he'd really didn't get a chance to get fouled. And again, I'll, I'll get to that next segment. I want to talk about the Pelicans defense, but um, yeah, I think he'll get to the line more and that that'll help the Blazers a ton because he just doesn't miss. He's what is he like a 94% free throw shooter? So that'll help immensely if it's close in a game to get those free throws to go down. Uh, keep texting the fan text line 55305. We got a break coming up next. The Pelicans defensive strategy was really, really brilliant, really smart. But I think it allows for the Blazers to have runs at the end of the game if they keep going as hard as they did yesterday. And I'll tell you why next. This is Sports Sunday on the fan. <laughs> Sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.51 here on your Sunday morning. Mike and Rashad here with you on Sports Sunday talking Blazers, Pelicans game one at the moment. Can, can I say something real quick? Go for it. So shout out to, to the guy, John, who I sat next to during the game. Well, I didn't really sit next to him, but he was one of the lone Pelican fans that was in the building, had his boogie jersey on. And he was trying so hard to be respectful and mindful about the Blazer fans around him. I don't know if he wanted to get jumped or anything like that. But every single time that 
someone did someone did something, he had a small little celebration to himself, but made sure that he wasn't too loud for anyone else and would continue to apologize to people around him for celebrating too hard. Man, you're the real MVP, man, because that could have went real left with all those drunk people up there in the 300s. You, you could have gotten jumped. For the for saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing, so are Blazer yeah. fans really jumping fans? They're not jumping anyone. They're just going to give you a lot that. of stern looks. You know, some, a lot of really cold looks, like this guy. Yeah, no one's actually going to say Dodgers anything to you for the most for the most part. I don't think yeah, well, I don't think a lot of Blazer fans have that type of heart. But still, it was he 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 kept it real classy. So that's the way that that you want to do. You don't want to embarrass anyone, especially in that situation, because he could have really acted a fool, but All he right. didn't. So the Pelicans did one thing. Super, super well yesterday that completely took Damian and CJ out of the game for most of the game until the fourth quarter. And that was on every single pick and roll. They either doubled Dame or CJ or they did the hard, long hedge. And if you don't know what a hedge is, that means that the second defender on the guy who's giving the pick, usually the center, that defender will dart out at the guy with the ball and then go back to cover his guy. Um, so a double, obviously, is they both stay on, on Dame. A hard hedge is they go really hard in and try to double for like two seconds and then fade back. Soft hedge is they kind of just like arm out and then go back. And then no hedge, they just follow and they let him go around the pick. Um, they were doing the double or the really hard hedge for every single pick and roll. And the Blazers' offense is predicated on a pick and roll. Almost, I shouldn't say exclusively, but... A lot of what makes the Blazers great is that pick-and-roll play, especially with Damian and, and uh, Nurkic. And every single time when CJ did it too, they just went out and made him pass the ball. And they did a good enough job rotating that if he threw the ball to Nurkic or whoever was giving the pick, he didn't have a wide-open lane to the basket because they rotated well enough. And then he had to decide who to give the ball up to. It was usually not a good shooter. And then they had a shot that was, you know, 30% chance of going in. Evan Turner, Alfred Camino. Etc. Um, but if you notice in the fourth quarter, guess who was getting tired? The Pelicans bigs because they were playing such good defense on the pick and roll early that they lost some of their legs. I mean, Anthony Davis played 41 minutes. Nikola Meritich played 40 minutes in the game. And you could tell at the end they were both getting pretty tired based on how hard they were defending, which was part of the reason why the Blazers were able to come back a little bit. Um, in the fourth quarter. So I think it's a great strategy that take them out of the game as long as you can. But if you're not hitting shots and your lead isn't that big going into the fourth, that might come back to bite you because if the Blazers can make a run against your tired defense, then, well, you lose the game. Yeah. So I think it's a great strategy, and that's kind of the fun part about a long series is I'm curious what the Blazers will do to try to stop that from happening. Um, maybe they'll try to set more double picks, but they did that yesterday too, and he still got doubled on every single one. Um or maybe they'll just try to go more of their motion passing offense instead of the pick and roll because if you're taking your best players out of the game using the pick and roll as much, maybe that's not going to be as effective. But I'm really interested to see what Terry Stotts does to combat that because it worked to a T until the very end. Yeah, and the, we had a text here that, man, I, I kind of agree with and said uh, what bothers me every year is for the past four years, the other team's defensive strategy has been zeroing in on Dame and CJ. And for whatever reason, the Blazers still haven't been able to figure it out. I was kind of saying something similar to that yesterday. It's like, you know where the ball is going to go, especially in the playoffs. Like, why isn't there a third option? You know, and if Nurkic is supposed to be the third option, I, 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 all of a sudden I'm not thinking that that's enough because 
the, the third option is at least supposed to be the one that if all else fails, he's going to be able to get you, man, a couple buckets. And Nurkic's 11 points and 11 rebounds wasn't enough. Defensively— It was only in 25 minutes, though. So yeah, but I, th- I think— Considering point, that, that was actually pretty good. But you know why it was only 25 minutes? It's because, man, he can't keep up. Davis played 42 minutes. He can't keep up with Davis. You know, I think if the Blazers are going to do anything defensively, I think Zach Collins has got to be the guy that's got to be out there. Here's why. Collins' feet are much quicker than Nurkic. Nurkic is he's a, a really big, good defender. He is. He's a lumbering guy who just he, – he can't defend the pick and roll. He can't defend Nurkic – or, uh, excuse me, Davis once he's on the wing. Davis takes one jab, and he's going to back up, and then I'm pulling up in your face. Anthony Davis – But you'd rather Davis take that shot than drive to the No, basket. I don't want Davis to take that shot. He's the best three-point shooter on their team. I don't want him taking that shot because Anthony Davis is – he was a – Point guard before he shot up to six foot nine, his you know sophomore year of, of high school or junior year of high school, whenever he was. Man, Anthony Davis knows how to play basketball, and he's the best three point shooter on his team. So I definitely don't want him pulling up for that shot, especially in transition or otherwise. And I just think if you're going to change anything defensively, I just think you're going to have to have Collins be the guy that's going to put a put a body on on Anthony Davis. That's your only real big. That's your best bet. I don't think you can put Collins out there in that in that spotlight in this in this moment. I think he would get eaten alive it, after it, a while. Nurkic is going to get eaten. Nurkic got eaten alive. Like what, no, else, what other Nurkic, options do you have? He Nurk- did not get eaten alive. No. Do you see Anthony Davis' stat line? Yes. 35 yeah, points, it, 14 it rebounds, just, four first blocks. Of all, stop. It wasn't just Nurkic guarding him, but he couldn't. That's why he played 25 minutes because he couldn't guard him. No. Nurkic actually did a decent job on Anthony Davis. That's what I'm telling you. He forced him to take jumpers instead of letting him into the lane because that's part of the strategy. Of the Bla- now, the Blazers' defense, if you've watched it all year, which I know you have, is not predicated on aggressive defending. A lot of what their defense is is they kind of let the big guy fade back a little bit and force mid-range jumpers. The Blazers' defense says, we're not going to let you shoot the three. We're not going to let you shoot inside. But if you want to take that mid-range jumper, go ahead. But, so, Anthony Davis took a lot of mid-range, mid-range jumpers, and he hit a lot of them. But that's what he does, though. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Like this well, is not sell- just what he, this he is does saying that a lot of things. Uh, exactly, I'm saying shooting the three pointer and shooting the mid ranges is just two of those things that he does. And, and that's what so I'm saying. Like, he also jams the ball. I mean, so he does everything. He does everything. So, so what's the what's the what's the worst shot in basketball right now? The, the mid range jumper. jumper. And he knocked he it does down everything. every single time. Yes, and, but so at you least want him he's... to do the thing that's the least effective. Which which is shoot the which is shoot the three for him. But again, if this well, is still your he only took two but, threes. But again, but that's not the shot that you, if you don't want him taking that either because he can knock those down. He took three or two of them and he made. Well, you're not missing both. But he's yeah. not going to not take shots. No, so. he's not. He's he's definitely he's going to take shots. All I'm saying is you're going to need somebody to at least stop him. Not not stop him make it a little more difficult for him to drive to the basket. Nurkic isn't quick enough to do that. Zach Collins had a whopping two rebounds in his 22 minutes. I mean, when you compare what he did to what Nurkic did, uh, like, I mean, I don't know, man. I think think Nurkic did a very good job on Anthony Davis given the matchup yesterday. Imagine if he played more minutes. Might have had a couple more fouls, but he he may have even looked even more impressive. Part of it is not – it's not on Nurkic. It's no. The, it's the defensive style of the Blazers, and that is we'll give you as many mid-range jumpers as you want. And frankly, that's what I want Anthony Davis shooting. I want him shooting that other than instead of being inside taking lobs and getting offensive rebounds and because if he's shooting the mid-range jumper, he's not getting an offensive rebound. Agreed. The Blazers – are a much better rebounding team than the Pelicans. And if you leave him out into the mid-range and he misses, then all of a sudden you could have a fast break potential where he's out on the wing not running back and you have an easier layup chance. I think for 
all of the great things about Anthony Davis, and there are a myriad of them, the best thing the Blazers can do is to force him to take as many jump shots as he can because that is his weakest part of his strong game. What, <laughs> I, what else I is guess. he I mean, at? yeah, that's that's the best way. To, that's the weakest part of his incredibly strong MVP game. But what else would you rather them do uh, There's him. There's... You have to put some. You have to give him a different look. Nurkic is not the answer. We see, and I, and, and you say, and you said you can't put it on Nurkic. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. We've been talking about Dame and CJ how they didn't show up. I watched Nurkic lay the ball up when he should have just stuffed it. You, that is all you want, though. That's all you want from him is jams. That's not his style. Like it's not. Well, it's like, win. He actually has gotten a lot better at dunking because they told him to dunk more and. After he made that one horrific miss in the first quarter, he started dunking the ball more, if you noticed. But, look, I, Nurkic played fine. Uh, he wasn't as impactful as I think the Blazers would have wanted him to be. But he also, in a limited stat line, did basically his average, which was get a double-double with points and rebounds. And, I mean, and see, that's the thing. I, I think every Nurkic has to play more than fine. Anthony Davis played great. Uh, uh, Drew Holiday played great. Rondo played great. All the people that were supposed to play great for New Orleans did. And Nurkic has got to be one of those people for the Blazers that plays great. 11 and 11, it's a good, it's a good little stat line. That's I'm not going sorry. to get it. His, his stat line in 25 minutes is pretty damn good. I, uh, Did he miss a free throw? Do you need him on the floor? The, the fact that he's not on the floor That's in the not, fourth quarter he, is a problem. He he did what he that could when he was on the floor. It's you, not his fault. That tells he's on you everything Stotts is thinking right now. Like, I can't put you on the floor right now against the best player, the best big man in basketball. Uh, I'm leaving. Nobody did good against him though. So so what's your point? That's, like uh, then you should put the best player for your team out there. Last night that was Nurkic, and Nurkic was on the bench. Instead, you have Zach Collins out there giving you a whopping. Like when you compare Collins to everybody else on the team, I'd rather have uh, just Ed Davis. Knows Zach Collins because at least well, Ed Davis was doing things for your dang team. That's where I'll disagree with you, Jesse. Is is Zach Collins and Ed Davis together have proven the two of them on the court together are a really really good pair defensively and frankly offensively. In, in, not as good as Nurkic's offensively, but in their style together, it works. I think Zach Collins defensively actually played pretty well defensively. Rebounds isn't the only telling stat about playing solid defense. He had a couple of good defensive plays on Davis in the game, and he played pretty well. Um, I'm I'm okay with the usage of all of the bigs yesterday. I'm okay with it. It's been similar to what they've done throughout the regular season that's worked. Nurkic didn't play 30 minutes every game because they can trust Ed Davis and they can trust Zach Collins to come in and play well off the bench. I think the the – the interesting thing about the Pelicans is the way they use Anthony Davis. Holy crap, I got a break. The way they use Anthony Davis in terms of their rotation is it doesn't match necessarily the rotation of the Blazers. So maybe they'll have to change that up. He came in really early in the second quarter when they the Blazers left their starters out for a lot longer. So that's something they might need to look at. I need to break. I'm sorry. I didn't even realize we we're going that long. Coming up next, a little bit more on the Blazers, and then we'll switch to the Des Bryant story. This is uh, Sports Sunday on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.